All right, as promised, the top of the hour, we're going to talk about a little politics here in this segment and matters of computers and computer security and, and being, you know, government spying and non-government spying, et cetera. And to help us do that will be political activist David Lynch. <laughs> Thank you. I've gone from store owner to uh, musician to well, political are, activist. I should remind listeners that you spoke with us some years back when you courageously took on the local political establishment and decided to run yeah. against Doris Matsui for Congress. And got got quite a few votes, got quite a bit of attention. And, and I did pretty well. I mean, I think I ruffled a few feathers, and I got some ideas out there and that, as far as it got, but that was a good start. You're advancing this idea that democracy is a real deal, and I think that, that, that annoys a lot of people. Well, <laughs> I think it's the only future that we have. You know, if we don't have a say in what our future is, if our destiny is, is, is set by corporate interests and big money and power, then we're in big trouble. Well, I called you a political activist. You certainly are that. I think that, that fits. You're also a local businessman, and, and remind us of, of your business. I actually just celebrated the 15th anniversary of Guitar Workshop. We're over on uh, J Street, and we fix guitars, and we teach music. That's what we do. Well, David, I know that you're perturbed and concerned about this whole matter of smart meters. Let's talk about that. Okay. Recently... Uh, the utility companies uh, sent me a notice that they were going to be putting these devices on my house called smart meters, and I really hadn't given it much thought. I, I looked into it a little bit and uh, found out that, that these were uh, wireless transmitters that record event data and are transmitted from the house. And uh, I sent in a piece of a form that was sent to me by uh, SMUD saying that, I didn't want the smart meter on my house. You had a choice at that moment. Uh, because I wanted to do a little more investigation. I wanted to find out a little bit more about it. That means they're allowing people to opt out permanently or just temporarily? Well, I didn't know yet what, okay. what, what the option was. And before they made any changes to the meter, I wanted to find out what the deal with the meter was. Now, from my perspective, the meters that have been installed in my house have been working perfectly well since... I don't know, 1944, sure. however long the meters have been. I a mean, guy comes by every so right, often and right. he Once takes a, month, a number off of it. And, takes yeah. a number off the house and reads it fine. So, I mean, since I was a kid, all the meters on every house that have been recorded for your bill have been mechanically measured by hand. And I've never heard of an instance of someone having a really big problem mm -hmm. with a gas or an electricity meter. The next day, the meters on my house are changed. There's a smart meter attached to my electrical box. And PG&E has installed a smart meter on my gas outlets. And, and I looked at the box, and on each one of them, there is an FCC ID code, which means that this is a wireless transmitter. So I did some internet research, like we all do, and I discovered that on this SMUD device, um, it's transmitting about every... Now, I, I could be wrong, but as I recall, it, it transmits information about every five minutes on the electrical usage... And it also can um, analyze the type of usage it is because right, every— so it knows whether you're using a refrigerator versus the TV versus an alarm clock. Exactly, because each one has an electronic signature. Right. So they know what you're using, and they know how much you're using of it and when you're using it. Um, and then they also advertise in some of their uh, information, like I've got a little document here that says uh, future benefits of smart meters. In the future, through your smart meter, you'll be able to remotely control smart appliances like your thermostat at your home or business through the Internet. And who doesn't want to control your home thermostat while at work? Like I don't have enough things to do. <laughs> but that means if I can control it through the Internet, anybody else can control it too that has access to it. And by the way, if we can hold, hold that thought for a second, if, we're, if, we're, if, if everything has a signature, 
that they can broadcast, I guess that would include grow lights. Anything, you know, recording equipment, your microphone, your recording studio, your shower. Yeah, if you want to have grow lights. As a note to that, as I understand it, uh, law enforcement officials in several states have already used that information to raid homes for people growing. Well, that would, that's what I would expect. Right. Yeah. You know, if you do anything constructive in your home, if you're a model builder or you run a home recording studio and you use more electricity than the average person, then you could be suspect of something, you know, God forbid. But in any case, uh, uh, what this does is this creates a profile of your daily activities, your electrical activities, your, your gas utility activities. So Anyone that has can get access to the information knows when you're home and when you're not home, which also profiles you for theft. And so I don't really want that much information about my personal life to be broadcast or data harvested. You know, I don't want to be harvested in that way. You know, I produce what I produce. I produce work for the community in the form of labor and, and involvement, but my personal information should be private. And what these devices do, from my opinion, clearly violates the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution. By the way, are, are these coming to everyone in, in the greater Sacramento area? Because these I know These devices I are being uh-huh. installed on a global scale. They're all over, they're sweeping through Australia. They're stripping, they're, they're being installed all over Europe. Uh, this is a national campaign to replace all mechanical meters with, with the smart meter devices. And uh, we're being told that these are great things because we'll, we'll be able to manage our electrical usage. Now, I don't know about other Americans, but I don't manage my electrical usage. I use electricity. I don't manage it. I've got other things to manage, like whether or not I've got a job. Okay, that's important to me. You know, whether or not I'm going to use my TV tonight, I don't care. I'm going to use it. And let's face it, hardly ever th- anyone thinks, you know what, my electrical bill was awfully high last week. I think I better give up the TV this evening. I- exactly. You know, where it's like, oh, you know, I think there's a spike in the utility cost this week. We're not cooking. Okay, so so no this, computer games, this, right. this business of electricity that we're going to shop and use our electricity more wisely is a complete farce because there are so many companies out there in industries that use, you know, thousands of gigawatts of power because that's what they do. They, they manufacture stuff. And if we really are in that much trouble for electricity, let, we can just make more. You know what I mean? It's just not that hard. So what, what's the next step? I mean, what, what can you do next? And what, what would those of us who are concerned want to do next? Well, I would like people to investigate about these smart meters more. I, I told someone that I wanted the, the meter taken off my house, and they argued with me. And I told them, I said, you know, and of course, this is civil disobedience. But I said, look, you know, this is a clear violation of the Fourth Amendment, which if those of you that don't know, this is the Fourth Amendment, and it reads, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. This to me, the smart meter is an unwarranted search of my behavior patterns, and it is against the law. Well, people would say that, you know, when they did the Constitution back in the late 1700s, they certainly didn't envision a lot of the technology. And something we we should also, I think, mention, as long as we're talking about the meters, is the fact that it is legal for the government to listen to your phone conversations, and always has been, as long as you're using the radio waves. Right, if you're using, right. if you're talking to each other by radio, right. the government can intercept it, and so can private individuals. They used to sell 
in, in, in radio shacks used to sell, sell monitors where you could listen to your neighbor's phone conversations. Exactly. And in that, you have a choice. You are, if you are at least informed, and you know most people are. I think I like to give Americans credit for being pretty informed. You know that it's a wireless device. If you want to be secure, use a landline that's hardwired. But you have a choice to use a wireless cell phone. In the case of smart meters, you have no choice. Now, in the case of Pacific Gas and Electric, PG&E, which used to be a public utility, is now a private corporation, and. I have investigated buying gas from another source by putting even just a storage tank on my property, and you can't do it. If you want to buy gas from another it's supplier, it's, you, no one will set up a tank. If you want to buy gas from another supplier, and there's other gas, natural gas suppliers around, they have to go through the PG&E pipeline, and it has to go through their smart meter. So what PG&E has done is created a vertical monopoly, which I believe is illegal. So we have multiple illegal situations going on here. First of all, I have no option because they told me it's going to stay on your house and you can't take it off. And if you try and take it off, you'll be, you know, charges will be brought up against you. I told Smud that either you're going to take the meter off my house or I'm coming after it with a baseball bat. I will take it down and I'll be without electricity. And I said, and that'll make a good story too. I'm sure the national press will want to know about that. But it's an invasion of my privacy. By the way, when are you planning to do that? Well, Smud, and I want to thank Smud for stepping up to the plate on this. Uh, Smud took the smart meter off my house. Okay, but temporarily. Well, I have the sign up on my side of my house that says no smart meter here. Wow. So for the moment, there's no meter on my house because I don't want this transmitter on my house, this data gathering device on my house. We've talked about this. Uh, those of you that have read George Orwell's 1984, this is uh, you know just another small step into the big brother, you know, cameras on you at every moment, everybody knowing what your business is. Well, we, we'd like to talk about that on this program. And in fact, I hope you'll come back in, in a couple months and, and revisit this because, uh, you know, to me, it's, it's it just strikes me as very bizarre that we're all buying smartphones and telling, telling us where we are and anyone else who wants to know. Right. We're all going into Safeway, giving them cards, and then monitor our buying habits so they can be custom-made. We're all like seeing that Google is customizing the, the ads based on algorithms of how we use the internet so that your internet is not my internet, and it just goes on and on. Right. We're being incredibly detailed and profiled. And, you know, I like to have just a little bit of, you know, personal anonymity. When I'm at home, that's my space. It doesn't get to be their space. And so uh, I think this needs to be changed. I hope, I hope that uh, maybe the uh, ACLU will take up a lawsuit against the utility commissions to give people the right to not have a smart meter and not pay extra because that, that's a big thing right there. There's an article right now in Current Science magazine about how much is your data worth and explains how you know, your buying habits uh, on the Internet are being tracked. They're creating avatars of you. And the more detailed the information, the more valuable it is about you to sell to other people. And the amazing thing about that is, is not a penny is made on that information. It, it is the manufacturer of something intangible. It's a virtual nothing. It's not a shirt. It's not a pencil. It's not a car. It's not a tool. Nothing is made with this information. And I think that is one of the things that's hurting this country so badly is we don't make anything anymore. We are consuming country. And I, I think that as a member of the global marketplace, unless we get back into manufacturing things and stop worrying about what everybody else is doing, we're going to go out of business. Well, no argument for me. David, we'll have to talk about this at greater length. It's a topic where it's easy to bite off a lot more than you can chew. <laughs> we'll have to try and do this in, in, in digestible chunks. It does slosh into other areas, but uh, 
But I do hope folks will take a look at the smart meter issue and, and uh, think twice about having one stuck on their house. Well, now that we know that it is possible to have an option, at least under some circumstances, we uh, I think some people are going to want to want to do just that. And I and I, I'm not sure when they're knocking on my door to put one up, but uh, I guess I better do my homework as well. And before we go, David, any websites you might want to recommend to people that want to know more about this? I'm um, sure. I you can take a look at a site called StopSmartMeters.org, and from there, there's various links. And I think if you just do internet research too, you can find a lot of information on both sides of the smart meter issue. You know, put your facts together and then make a decision. And uh, thank you very much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Well, David, come again. We certainly enjoy having people that are into activism and looking at uh, at things very closely that a lot of us sort of just sort of slough off and, and shouldn't. Well, it's our future. So, you know, like I said, if uh, we don't do something about politics, politics will certainly do something about us. <laughs> very good. to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on stag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not well, we kind of wonder if Gil Scott Heron was right when he said the revolution would not be televised. There's a bit of a revolution going on over on Wall Street, and it's not getting a whole lot of play in the press. want to note how uh, pleased I was to be able to say that uh, the press... Um, Lack of interest did not include KDVS because on Sunday afternoon on the New Day Jazz program hosted by Justin, social commentator Michael Perenni was brought on board to talk about the protests going on on Wall Street. And of course, uh, whatever else occurred to Mr. Perenni to talk about, we've had him on this show several times. He is certainly a, 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 a very interesting thinker. And uh, Mr. Perenni and Justin talked about what was going on in Wall Street. The protest began on the 17th of September. Several hundred young demonstrators have occupied a park in downtown Manhattan, and they say their purpose is to call attention to corporate greed. Things turned confrontational last week. Police have made more than 80 arrests after protesters stage a march to Manhattan's Union Square. Apparently, at one point, uh, protesters were coaxed out onto the Brooklyn Bridge where they were arrested en masse. Police officers apparently used pepper spray on several women, a tactic the uh, NYPD defended as appropriate. Well, reports there are in the news media note that several Democratic lawmakers had expressed some support for the protesters, but uh, some Republican presidential candidates lambasted them. Herman Cain, at a book signing in Florida, called the activists jealous and un-American. Mitt Romney was quoted as calling the protest class warfare while he was campaigning in Florida. We will continue to follow this story, and uh, probably should quote from Andy Borowitz, his Borowitz report. Commenting on the shenanigans in Wall Street, Borowitz said the largest banks in the U.S. made history today by hiking fees on the same people who bailed out their asses three years ago. We would not exist today without the generosity of the American taxpayers, said CEO Brian Moynihan of Bank of America, which received billions of dollars of federal bailout money. And we want to thank them by assessing a special monthly thank you fee on all our debit cards. Becoming somewhat emotional, Moynihan added, we think of the taxpayers every time we vacation in our yachts or visit our third homes. And we want to thank them every time they try to spend $20 on groceries. Moynihan added that even after paying the new $5 monthly fee, American taxpayers should still have enough money left over to let them eat cake. Said Borowitz, another news, CNN announced today that it plans to start covering the mass protests on Wall Street and Lower Manhattan just as soon as the Michael Jackson trial is over. 
And Republican presidential candidate Rick Perry today blasted President Obama's decision to kill a terrorist in Yemen. Said Perry, there are plenty of perfectly good people to execute right here in America. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the Schaefer Award Theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. The revolution will not get rid of the nub. The revolution will not make you look five pounds thinner because the revolution will not be televised, brother. All right, what else we got? Uh, According to the Washington Post, the average SAT reading score for the graduating class of 2011, 497, is the lowest since 1972. Hey, thank God for that no child left behind stressing of reading, writing, and arithmetic, huh? Of course, out of this crisis arises some opportunity. Apparently, seven Long Island teenagers were arrested last week, charged with participating in an SAT cheating scam that took in thousands of dollars and netted customers near-perfect scores on these standardized college entrance exams. Police say six students from the prestigious Great Neck North High School paid between $1,500 and $2,500 to Emory University sophomore Sam Esgahoff, who took the test for them using a fake ID. Esgahoff is apparently a pretty sharp guy. Out of a possible top score of $2,400, he posted minimum scores of 2140 seven times. He's now been charged with scheming to defraud, falsifying business records, and criminal impersonation. If convicted, he faces up to four years in jail, which frankly could delay his graduation from Emory. Of course, the article doesn't mention uh, any charges being brought against the people who hired him. Anyway, here's an item we frankly cannot resist. The ignoble Awards have been awarded again for this year. Apparently, the top prize in the 2011 Ig Nobel Awards went to Peter Snyder, who, along with colleagues, <laughs> decided to study the effect of having a full bladder while driving. Writing in the AP, Mark Pratt noted that driving while desperately needing to urinate isn't a crime. Perhaps it should be. Snyder and colleagues found that having a bladder at the bursting point (laughs) reduced the attention span and the ability to make decisions to the same degree expected with low levels of alcohol intoxication or 24 hours of sleep deprivation. Snyder, described as a professor of neurology at Brown University, said that when people reach a point when they are in so much pain they just can't stand it anymore, it was like being drunk. The ability to hold information was really impaired. Some runner-ups in this year's awards went to a, uh, a team of Japanese scientists who invented a fire alarm that smells like wasabi, a European mayor who solved his city's parking problems with a piece of heavy military equipment, and the numerous people throughout history whose mathematical calculations have predicted the end of the world. And yes, apparently the car smasher was, as previously reported on Radio Parallax, Arturus Zoukas, the mayor of Vilnius, Lithuania. He won the Ig Nobel Peace Prize for his heavy-handed way of dealing with parking scoff laws, which was to crush cars with a military armored personnel carrier. All right, and some exciting real science news. And actually, the Ig Nobel Awards are real science. I, I, like, I, like, I like that study of uh, driving while bladder impaired, shall we say. Please, if you must drink, void before taking the wheel. But anyway, Mr. Merlin, you 
cue up some appropriate music for this story. All right, if you're a Star Wars fan, and we suspect that, well, most of you are, you no doubt remember the world of Tatooine, where we first encountered uh, the young Luke Skywalker. Tatooine orbited two suns. There's often been speculation that it was possible to find a planet that might be orbiting uh, the common uh, center of gravity of two suns, and, well, the Kepler spacecraft has finally found one. About 200 light years from us here on planet Earth uh, is Kepler-16b. It's a gas giant, roughly the size of Saturn, and it's far too cold to support life, as far as we know. One of its stars is orange, and about 70% the mass of our sun. The other is red, and a mere 20% of our sun's mass. Kepler-16b orbits them both. This has caused speculation that since about half the stars in the universe are actually born in pairs... Planets with double sunsets could turn out to be even more common than those with only one. Apparently, researcher Lawrence Doyle told NPR.org that, uh, that he and his colleagues may be able to locate similar systems, even ones with a better chance of harboring life, now that we know how to find them. Let's take a short break. You're listening to Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. Douglas Everett. 